Welcome to Stories, the podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Augustine. This episode is brought to you by Fenton Augustine. Fenton Augustine's focus is on helping individuals, teams, and organizations with their professional development and workplace performance needs. Whether you're looking for leadership or other career development options, or trying to come up with practical solutions to drive workforce performance that leads to the achievement of your desired business results, Fenton Augustine is the organization to contact. What do you get when working with Fenton Augustine? You get expertise from consultants who have worked in and with organizations across the globe, supporting training, people development, and organizational development needs. This helps in understanding not just what works, but what's at stake. People stuff can be hard, so let Fenton Augustine help you achieve your goals and make life a little easier. Hey everybody, welcome to the third episode. Today, we're going to review a story of avoiding a mess when working with learning events and introducing something new at work. I know it's a long title, but you'll get where we're going with this shortly. Over the years, I've learned a lot about planning company events and facilitating trainings. Organizations often turn to these to promote alignment around what's new or changing. A big lesson for me has been to refrain from assuming that an event or a training on its own will generate business results. What do I mean by that? Well, let's dive into the story. A while back, I was working with an organization that was planning to bring their management team together for an annual conference. The primary focus of the event was management alignment on the current and future business state. The executives had just finalized the company's annual objectives along with a new strategic plan resulting from several large changes in the marketplace. They wanted to leverage the annual event to share updates and the path forward with the full management team. This was supposed to enable managers to align their work and the work of their teams to the new direction. The conference planning team decided to hold a rehearsal for presenters about a month prior to the event. The planning team and the executives wanted an opportunity to preview the presentations and be able to provide feedback. I was invited to sit in given my experience with corporate events and trainings. At the end of the rehearsal and after all the presenters had come and gone, the planning team looked at me and asked for my overall feedback. Well, what comes next? I asked. The planning team hesitantly stared at me and and then at each other. They weren't getting what I was asking. So I clarified. I said, I observed that there's a lot of great information about the new objectives and the new company direction in the presentations we observed. I'm trying to understand what comes next. What is it that the management team is supposed to do to move all of this forward when they get back to work? Finally, the head of the planning team spoke up. Well, they're supposed to take all of this important information back to their teams and get aligned with the presentations. That's the purpose of this conference, alignment. That's why we share the presentation slides with everyone on the last day and then managers are supposed to execute. I acknowledged that I was aware this was the first time I was seeing how this company ran annual events. I explained politely that I was trying to understand their process so I could provide the right type of feedback to help them move forward. I knew in the back of my mind that as I asked these questions and as I opened my mouth, I needed to be delicate in my approach. Anytime you're the new person in a situation and asked to provide constructive feedback, 
it's really important to be mindful of everything you don't know, including whose work and whose baby you might be critiquing when you open your mouth. So in this conversation, I I changed my direction a little bit, trying to reframe around more fact-based information to help them understand what I was trying to get at. I asked, well, how do you know when the management team has successfully shared the presentations with their teams? How do you know when the managers and teams have correctly implemented what the executives expect? Is there a way you're tracking or measuring this? There was silence. Then one of the trainers on the planning committee piped up. Well, that's management's job to figure out, not ours. This conference is just to train them. Managers need to be smart enough to know what they're supposed to do next and do it. This experience has become commonplace for me. When planning and facilitating a learning or development event, teams are often focused primarily on the content. Preparation time is used to fine-tune what is said in presentations with the limited amount of time presenters are given at the event. Presenters share what the new product is, what the new mission is, what's changing, what the board wants, what, what, what. All too often, what comes next gets lost in all of this. Learners walk away from the event excited or feeling they conceptually understand the new thing, but they miss the part about what they're supposed to do or do differently when they're back in their workspace. The desired outcomes and how these outcomes are measured often haven't been fully thought through beyond the more obvious themes like sell a lot of the new thing or adapt to the change because it's important. No matter how bright or seasoned your audience is, they need an opportunity to align on directions and get clarification on execution. They need an opportunity to understand the vision and how it's to be executed. When organizations fail to do this, They leave room for guesses, assumptions, and obstacles to both speed of adoption as well as overall adoption itself. Now all that said, if the expectations are for your management or another team to figure something out and run with it, well that's acceptable. But management needs to be told this and be given the opportunity to create the plan before being expected to execute. All too often, the figure-it-out piece is not facilitated or factored into the plan. When this occurs, frustrated managers are left to work off of incomplete plans or just make it up as they go. Maybe they do nothing, assuming they'll receive more information later. In any of these situations, it's unlikely management will align or remain aligned in their approach. This hinders everyone's ability to achieve desired outcomes efficiently and effectively and perhaps at all. So how do you avoid this misalignment and possible failed attempts to implement important efforts so as to achieve your desired business outcomes? Well, when you want your team or organization to adopt something new, it's critical to start with the end in mind. Before you start putting that PowerPoint presentation together to educate your audience, identify what you're ultimately trying to accomplish, the outcomes and the results. If you're not sure what these are, bring in other people to help you discern this. From there, you can work backwards to determine what each team or individual needs to be doing to enable the desired end state. It's also beneficial to think realistically about the timeline to make everything happen. Change doesn't occur overnight. 
It usually takes longer to make things happen than one might initially think or even prefer. Once you have identified what's needed to get you to where you want to be, creating the plan to enable the desired behaviors and appropriate work from your organization over the expected or estimated amount of time. If you're working with a larger, more complex plan, look for ways to break it down further or phase elements out over time to make the plan more manageable to execute and track. As I've learned from managing projects and iterations and using agile approaches, breaking work down into digestible chunks often produces a faster path to your desired end state. This approach also allows you more opportunities to check in and adjust your plan for the realities of the business that are sure to pop up over time. That'll help to keep you on track long term. To be maximally effective, your plan needs to leverage a holistic approach to address what's changing. Often, this involves efforts and considerations outside of a single presentation to management at an annual conference. I like to use a model I devised a while back to help me avoid making a mess out of things when introducing something new in an organization. MESS stands for Motivation, Expectations, Support, and Systems. When the four MESS elements are ignored, well, you might just make a mess. Yeah, I get it. It sounds corny, but it works for me. So let's dive into each letter and element in the MESS model. M. Motivation. Motivation addresses how you're going to tap into motivations and motivate individuals and teams to get them on board with the new thing. Here, you should consider the rewards and punishments at stake for embracing or not embracing what's changing. Consider this at the individual, team, and organization level. Rewards and punishments should align with what individuals and teams care about as well as what the company cares about, such as the company values. After all, not everyone gets psyched about a pizza party or a gift card. Make a point to pay attention to motivation over the long term, too. Sometimes adopting the new thing leads to unintended repercussions that weren't initially considered. For example, I recall an organization I worked with that adopted a new policy. This led to significantly more administrative work for one team, so that one team stopped following the policy altogether. E. Expectations. Here, communication is your focus. Think about what needs to be communicated as well as where, when, how, and by whom. The what should also factor in the why. Why is the what important? A primary goal with expectations is to help everyone understand what's changing as well as what is expected of them related to the change. Some people struggle with new things more than others, so it's critical to facilitate a path for everyone to be informed. Individuals and teams must understand what, specifically, they're expected to say or do moving forward. If your expectation is for a team or individuals to figure something out on their own, share that. Be direct and don't expect people to read between the lines or just get it. Employees are flooded with information all day long, so just give it to them straight and leave no room for miscommunication. To help you ensure that communications are tracking with people and that they understand expectations, adjust the message based on your audience. 
What a salesperson understands and cares about is likely different compared to a supervisor on your R&D team. Also, rehearse the message and make changes if it's not landing or people aren't getting it. Carefully consider who the messenger is as well as the mode of communication used, such as email, meetings, videos, etc. It's important to leverage the right people and the right modes to move you forward toward your desired outcomes. Let's move on to the first S, support. Support is about ensuring that you're setting individuals and teams up to succeed with a new thing. One of the focal points in support is training. You must consider what training is needed to help your people understand and master the new thing. Keep in mind that training isn't always required, and when it is, it may not be a one-time thing particularly if you're implementing a large, complex change that requires ongoing attention and information, you may need multiple or different types of training and other forms of support. In addition to training, consider resources such as a quick reference document or an FAQ website. These resources are easy to assemble, update, and share with your people. They can provide a lot of helpful information when and where your people need it to do their work. Consider what will be needed down the road, too. In addition to training and resource considerations, identify the coaching or feedback that will be needed when people try to sell the new product and they fail or try to adopt the new change and just don't get it quite right. Identify who is to step in. Pinpoint how and when they're to correct people and provide feedback. Ensure that the people expected to coach and provide feedback have sufficient support themselves as well and that expectations have been addressed with this audience. Much like having great resources in hand, providing stellar coaching and feedback can set you up to resolve problems quickly and ensure your people are on track to do what they're supposed to do. And last but not least, the second S, systems. Systems, which is often tightly linked with support, addresses the process and technology pieces. When something different is introduced into the workplace, systems are typically impacted. This needs to be addressed. This may take the form of a conceptual system like a process or a procedure or a technical system like software or other technologies. I've often seen new initiatives fail when systems aren't adjusted or set up to enable the new thing or when changes to account for the new thing make it difficult for employees to leverage the system to do their work. At the end of the day, Systems need to help employees perform their work more effectively and efficiently. Identifying and making systems changes should be delegated to the people performing the work and those supporting them. This is because processes and technology often aren't as straightforward or as simple as we'd like or that we assume. Anyone who's ever worked in HR, IT, or customer service and been asked, well, why can't you just do that? It seems so simple, can relate here. Process maps and flowcharts can be helpful to understand, in greater detail, the impact of changes to systems. Hopefully you'll find the MESS model useful the next time you're considering a training or event or implementing something new at work. One of the things you'll note in the MESS model is that training and events aren't the end-all, be-all of helping individuals, teams, or companies adjust and adapt to something new. These will only get you so far when planning a change in your business. Always remember, it's best to think of how the learning event integrates with other efforts to help you holistically produce desired results and 
avoid a mess. In addition to helping you with custom solutions, Fenton Augustine is an authorized partner of Wiley to leverage and provide training for the Everything Disc suite of solutions. Everything Disc is a personal development learning experience. It measures preferences and tendencies based on the popular disc model. This simple yet powerful model describes four basic styles, D, I, S, and C. These four basic styles serve as the foundation for the Everything Disc application suite. Everything Disc participants receive personalized insights that deepen their understanding of self and others, making workplace interactions more enjoyable and effective. The result is a more engaged, collaborative workforce that can spark meaningful culture improvements in your organization, whether your workforce is remote, in the office, or somewhere in between. During the month of August, Fenton Augustine is accepting entries for a giveaway for a free Everything Disc profile and an accompanying hour-long debrief session with a certified DISC facilitator. To enter, go to FentonAugustine.com. A winner will be announced on our September 2nd podcast episode. In addition, throughout August and September, use promo code STORIES for 10% off shopping on FentonAugustine.com. This includes all Everything Disc products, profiles, kits, and materials. (laughs) 